I know, I know I sound so incredible. Listen, this weather, I am just going to go ahead and say that this weather has really done what it does to me. (laughs) And we're just going to move past it because I am so excited for all the things that are happening on this particular Substack, and I want to get into this pod right now. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. I'm your slightly stuffed up host, Deepa Shreeder. And we have three things to talk about. But before we get into the three things, I wanted to first off say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So many of y'all reached out to uh, a newsletter I posted um, that was uh, titled Harvest and um, or maybe Harvesting. Very easy for me to look up, but, uh, you know, can't be bothered, it seems. (laughs) Um, But it was a it was a very surprise sort of moment. Um, I thought about my grandmother and I just wrote something and uh, it was one of the quickest newsletters I've written. and, And it was really surprising how many um email messages I got about it. It's really, really touching. I have one tiny, tiny little um not qualm. I don't know what the word is. Maybe it's ask. Maybe that's the word. Y'all are so amazing at replying back to an email and letting me know um, your feedback. And it's really, really kind of amazing because it is a one-on-one conversation uh, with y'all that subscribe to this podcast, to this newsletter, to all the content we're making on Sick Palette. But here's the thing. If you do like a post, if you do like a podcast, it would mean so much. Please still email me. Please make sure we can still have that one-on-one conversation. But go ahead and like that post as well. Because that really, really sort of helps gain visibility to the Substack. Substack is an incredible platform, but it but it is based on um, just sort of user organic um, sort of, uh, what's it called? User-generated organic likes. You know, it, it feels very rudimentary as opposed to like a social media app, which is why it's like kind of incredible for making content. But, Yes, if you like something, go ahead and just hit that little heart because it it really does help us gain more visibility on the platform itself. Um, And don't be afraid to leave a comment. Uh, Typically, I think uh, in the past, the people that could leave comments were just paid subscribers. We have changed it now to 
free subscribers, um, except for, I think, paid posts. That's, that's like a whole thing. I'm trying to figure it out. Anyways, thank you again so much for the incredible response. Um, it was really overwhelming. And yeah, you guys are amazing. All right, let's get into thing one. I'm ready for thing one. Thing one, uh, we're going to start with a little bit of a, mm, I guess we can say, we're going to start rant, start with rant instead of ending with rant. Um, and we're doing that by design, okay? Um, I see this article quite a few times. It'll e- either be from like food or food and wine. It'll just be like a bon appetit. But this question of like, what is bay leaf? Are we still confused in 2024 about why we put bay leaves in things? Like this article is written and, and listen, I've said this before. I understand the food media game, right? The same articles have to be written over and over and over. It is not typically to the writer's fault, right? It's it's the sort of thing that is happening with food media and media in general, right? Um, it's a very, very scary time for writers out there. I know this because um, a lot of amazing food critics, food industry people I know, um, have had some serious job changes if they're not working on the side of creating food, serving food, creating drinks, serving drinks. But if you're on the other very necessary part of this whole industry, right? Writing about it, commenting about it, helping the public understand what media is. Right now, corporations are making it really, really difficult for us to get really authentic and true content out there. Once again, it goes back to like why Substack is kind of important in this piece of the puzzle, right? And places where you can still access independent media. Um. But yeah, this idea that bay leaf is still something we need to understand why it's important. I'll tell you why it's important. Have y'all ever just sort of, I want you to do this. I'm not going to ask you, have you ever? I'm going to guess you haven't. Maybe you have some access to some fresh bay leaves. If you have access to fresh bay leaves, then you're not part of this conversation because you already understand why bay leaves Uh, have such an impact on your food. However, if you are somebody that maybe doesn't have that in your sort of flavor repertoire, buy some bay leaves, right? Get the dried ones, whatever, southern spices, go through central market bulk, spend like 10 cents on a couple leaves. Toast those leaves slightly. And then in your spice grinder, I'm just assuming everybody 
if you don't have a spice grinder, go ahead. Go on Amazon. Go to your local, you know, kitchen gadget store. Whatever you have. Spend 15 bucks, get a spice grinder. Grind up those leaves. Grind up those leaves and just taste a little bit. Taste a little moment of it. And see what that flavor is. It is probably a little bit like anise. Uh, It's probably a little bit on the savory side. To me, what a bay leaf really sort of has is it's like, it's almost like a seafood bisque in a leaf. It's super compelling, like flavor. It has a little bit almost, it's not minty. Um, It's... Yeah, it it reminds me of the beginning of a bouillabaisse. And it's got so much flavor in one leaf. That's why you add it to stocks. That's why you add it to biryani. It, it will change the complexity of your dish. You know what I like to do? I like to put a bay leaf while I'm making a custard like a a custard for dessert. Do that. Do that next time. A little bit of heat also on a dry bay leaf, okay? So just like let it it kind of sort of get singed on a hot pan. Take that leaf out. Then while you're making like a lemon curd or whatever, just towards the end, after you're done sort of emulsifying the butter, add a bay leaf in there and let it sit. Let it sit for like 10 minutes. Take that leaf out, then strain it. You will see the difference. It's like semi-homemade in a leaf. So the next time you're like, oh, do I need bay leaves? This recipe calls for bay leaves. Yes, of course you do. Of course you do. I'm not like a huge recipe stickler, but yes, bay leaves. Let's let's settle the argument, please, in 2024. I'd like to, while I'm scrolling aimlessly through my feed, I'd love to stop seeing that same damn article over and over and over. Two things need to happen, and only one thing that is for sure. We as consumers can be smarter and understand that we we now we now get it. We understand what a bay leaf does. That's more probable than the other part that needs to happen. And that means corporations need to understand across the board that people still are looking for great content. That's still really, really compelling in a buy. It it just is. I see it. I know when I do a better job on this particular substack and when I don't. Y'all let me know immediately. Content is king. We need those articles to get out of here at the same time. We need to we need to invest in quality. And by the way, great plug for a bay leaf as well. When you're buying bay leaves, you're investing in quality, in the quality of whatever you are making. Bay leaves, man. 
incredible stuff. The semi-homemade leaf. All right, let's get to thing two. Now, y'all know me as somebody that really enjoys a very undirty martini, right? We're talking about some bone dry martinis with a little bit of a twist. That is an order I can stand behind. Gin always, always gin. That's not changing. But, you know, I I have always said on this podcast, our tastes evolve. Tastes continue to evolve. I'm never going to, to hate on a dry martini with a twist, right? Dry gin martini with a twist. Love it. Still a classic in my book. Will never be mad at it. But I do feel this is this is a prediction I have for 2024. And y'all know I don't like a food trend, but I feel like just because the past few years, martinis have really gotten a different kind of shine. And I feel like when when a type of dish or a type of drink really sorts to sort of like enamors, you know, pop culture on the whole, um, it starts to take on different iterations, right? That's why we have the, it will not go away espresso martini, guys. Just let's get it together. And now people are shaving Parmesan in your espresso. You know what? Whatever. H- have a blast, right? Who am I to say? But I am really enjoying watching uh, what's going on with the Dirty Martini. Um, there's a couple martinis that I'm going to go ahead and put in the show notes. Uh, but there's one that's called the Dirty Pasta Water Martini, which it, it, it's, it's getting into the salty brininess that a dirty martini can bring, right? A dry martini really is about herbaceousness. Um, it is about sort of a clean, super uh, cold, almost just, um, it should feel refreshing, which I know is insane because we're just talking about like alcohol in a glass. That's truly what a martini is. However, um, a dirty martini, I'm now starting to understand the appeal of it because it's it's got this sort of um, ability to then be paired with food, I think. More than like, I never think to myself, right? I've said it many times on this particular podcast when I do bring it up when we get into martini talk. <laughs> which is maybe too often. Um, I have said that on this podcast that when you're having a martini, you're not necessarily like pairing it with anything, right? Like uh, a martini is a, uh, it's like a, it's a hotel patio moment, if that makes sense, right? But a dirty martini now, uh, 
I'm like, okay, I can see it, especially because the year of 2024, this is really, I don't want to get into thing three yet, but year of 2024 is all about boards, 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 noshing, right? This sort of ability to, to party while boarded, right? Um, a dirty martini allows that, that brininess, that saltiness, that snackiness of it is really making me excited. So, um, I'm going to try a couple and report back and, and hopefully maybe, maybe we can also create our own kind of like sick palate, dirty martini. I never thought I'd get into a dirty martini. Y'all, you have no idea how excited I am. I, I don't know why it's like hit me in this certain way, but I think it's because uh, I love the idea of having something a little bit um, salty. That pasta water, it really did sort of just like ring a bell in my brain. Yeah, I know. You're like, okay, whatever, salty water. But y'all know pasta water is more than that, right? Y'all know. Once that starch starts mixing in with the water, then you get that silkiness. Then you're able to like fold it in your pasta. You make a beautiful carbonara. God, I want some carbonara right now. Oh my God. If we did a black pepper dirty martini, is that the one I should try? All right. Thing two. This is my year of exploring dirty martinis. Maybe, maybe we'll journey it together. Journal it here on Sick Palette Podcast. All right, y'all. Let's get into thing three. I'm ready. So um, the last, last thing of this week's podcast is uh, Eater put out an article. I guess it's a, a category of articles where they are proclaiming. And by the way, quite, quite accurately that 2024 is the year of the dinner party the inaccurate part is the fact that it has always been the year of the dinner party sans uh the covid years which i know we're still in the covid years but you know what i'm saying like the real like pungent covid years we're going to talk we're going to talk about when the covid was Long and strong, you know, the 2020 to 2022, 2022, did I say that right? This is what a podcast does. It makes you go crazy. You forget how to like say words in real time. Um, so they have this article where they're talking about the fact that, guys, entertaining is back. We're back in the entertaining business, baby. Parties have never been stronger, which I think is great. I do. I do. And, uh, you know, there are categories. The, I, I saw the big old list of like, you know, uh, whether to cater. There's an article about that. Uh, there's an article about desserts. There's an article about a, a slew of things. Um. It is interesting, though, 
To me, what makes a great dinner party is a few other things. And I feel like the people here on this Substack understand that. They understand that number one, a playlist is so necessary. Before any food happens, a playlist must be built for your dinner party. That's number one. Number two, I will be a little bit more specific. I will say that 2024, and I won't say it's the year of, because I feel like when you say the year of, it makes things very finite, right? Like, first off, 2024 doesn't really begin until March. We all know that. That's not just like, I know it's like the big TikTok thing where they're like, do you know that it only happened, like the year only starts in March. But that's that's just how the Eastern world has has sort of seen things anyway. So, you know, if you are really starting to be awoken in March, that means you only have 10 months of having a dinner party. The finiteness of when when we say this is the year of blah, 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 I like to call it like it's the season. We're in a season. And a season can last like 20 years. It can last six months. When you say season, like S-Z-N, season, it's a period of time. So I want to say that this has been, has been, and continues to be dinner party season. And within that season, it really is uh, bringing on the season of boards. So first off, got to have a dope playlist. I will also say dinner parties do better with boards. That's cheese boards, charcuterie boards. A lot of boards are happening. By the way, board heavy in 2024. I have a lot of fun stuff in the works. Cannot wait to talk to y'all about it. But the most interesting thing I think about Eater kind of sort of saying like, yeah, dinner parties are on is that we're getting closer and closer. And I'm going to I'm going to see if I can connect the dots here for y'all. We are getting closer and closer to the idea that pop-up chefs need to be on permanent lists. You're like, what does that have to do with one thing? Well, how does one thing move to the other? Parties to me are events, okay? When you are throwing a party, the reason why it feels like work is because it is, right? It's it's something that's only going to last for a second. But the idea that there is worth in a party, there is worth in taking the time to make one night special, I do think it's important for Eater to have these kinds of articles because this industry is changing faster than this industry wants to sort of acknowledge. So seeing these little, little wins here and there, 
right? There's like one um, category within this huge slew of articles where it is talking about um, chefs, chefs that are not necessarily of the traditional restaurant ilk. This is really good. There's going to be a time, hopefully in the very near future, where it won't be the restaurant holding the Michelin star, right? It won't be a place having to have this amount of criteria in order to be on a certain list. Forget Michelin, fine, put Michelin over there for a second. Let's just say a best of list that that Eater does. It would be great if there was a, a, a way for chefs that are not doing permanent spaces um, able to contend, contend in, in those bigger conversations on those lists. The world is changing really, really, really quickly. Mostly because the internet moves very quickly. And that's a very good thing and that's a very bad thing. It's just, that's just how progress is, right? It's how culture moves. So yeah, 2024, still dinner party season. Get your playlists up. Get your, get your, get your boards going and watch this space. Uh, this is a good time to sort of say, hey, we're done. We're done with the podcast app. Let's get to the conclusion. <laughs> I am so excited because um, I'm sure you guys have noticed there's a different kind of energy happening on this Substack. It is uh, a lot is happening. I can't say too many things, but we are. Um, it, it's expanding in a lot of different ways. One thing that's going to be um, included, I, hopefully by next week, is a new subsection that has a lot to do with um, this topic. Dinner party season. You know? Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. Watch this space. Um that's going to be a subsection. Uh, wine review videos is going to be a whole other section. So, so things are things are moving forward in this particular Substack. Also, bringing back for um, long time listeners and also um, people who have been really sort of. Um, with me on this journey since 2014, a uh, an old favorite, an old brand of mine is coming back in a very, uh, not in a different way, but um, we're bringing we're bringing it back. I'll just say that we're bringing it back, and I'm really, really, really excited. So please stay tuned. Um, 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for the positive feedback. Um, got a slew of new paid subscribers this week, which was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Way more to come, y'all. Just let me know. Let me know um, in the comments uh, what you would like to see 2024 on this particular Substack because we're really going for it. And um, I'd love to just sort of hear some feedback, what y'all think. And of course, you know, you can subscribe. You can be a free subscriber. You can be a paid subscriber for $5 a month, for $30 a year, for something more than that if you feel, for something less than that if you feel. But um, would love for y'all to join that train and more to come. Stay tuned. I'll talk to y'all next week.